Well, good morning to you, and uh, happy Tuesday morning, October 11th. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and it's a rainy morning, a dark morning, but a good morning to be with you. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On this Tuesday morning, we have some nice things to get to on the show today. We're going to be hearing more about building up discipline in our lives, and we're also going to be talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby about our siblings, the saints. And why are we talking about the saints so early in October when All Saints Day is a few weeks away? Well, we'll get into that, and uh, I think it'll make sense when we get there. That's what's ahead on the show today. We've got a, a couple other things for you, including the catechiz. You'll just have to stay tuned for all of that. Now, it's a weird morning for me. i got to tell you this. It's Yesterday was one of those days that out of nowhere, um, things jumped out at our family. And, not, you know, not bad things, not terrible things. We're fine. Um, but unexpected things. And Beth and I have been talking for a while about some things we'd like to do around the house. And maybe we'd like to do this. And maybe we'd like to do that. Uh, you completely cosmetic things around the house, things that we don't really need to do, but it's on the would-be-nice list. Do you know those lists, the have-to-do, the should-do, and the, the would-be-nice? And we thought we were finally going to get around to that when all of a sudden the, the brakes on our van started going out. And, well, you know, in life you have to have brakes on your vehicle. It doesn't go so well if you don't have brakes. So rather than going to the uh, would-be-nice list, we went to the must-do list, and we got that taken care of. But, you know, it reminded me, how often do I do that in the realms of spiritual importance? And I'm not just talking about prayer, but fasting in particular. You know, I should do some fasting, just like I should make sure we have working brakes on the car. But I'd like to do these other things. And in the realm of the the temporal, in the realm of the brakes, I mean, there's a very clear consequence. If the brakes go out, which luckily they hadn't, praise God that our guardian angels were looking out for us and we were able to detect the problem before it became a catastrophe. Um, but before the brakes went out, we caught it. We knew if we didn't replace them, they could just, you know, the, the brake line could blow and then we wouldn't be able to stop. And if we were on the interstate, that would be really bad. Terrible consequence, right? But do we see that? Do I see that in my life when, you know, every day we know we should do some fasting of some sort, you know, we're not obliged to do it, but we know that prayer and fasting are a powerful combination. Even our Lord tells us these things in the Gospels. You know, we're told by the Blessed Mother, pray your rosary every day. We're not obligated to do it by the church, but we're told by the Blessed Mother to do it every day. So we know we should. But do we really have a view of those eternal consequences if we don't grow in holiness? Well, maybe not. So it's a good reminder for me that, you know, it's not that we can't get to the would-be-nice things on the list of life. But let's make sure we are attending to the must-do and should-do first. So that is the lesson from yesterday. 
Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Today is the feast day of St. Pope John the Twenty-Third. Born in Italy in 1881, he was the oldest son of Giovanni and Mariana Roncalli, the fourth of 13 children, and his baptismal name was Angelo. A brilliant student, Angelo was also a young man of deep faith, and when he was 15, he joined the secular order of the Franciscans. He went on to study at the university, receiving a doctorate in canon law in 1904, and that same year, he became a priest. During World War I, he was a stretcher-bearer, getting to see very closely the ravages of war, and in 1921, he became the national director of the propagation of faith in Italy. Four years later, he was made a papal diplomat and assigned first to Bulgaria, then Turkey and France. During World War II, he was a powerful force in helping to save the lives of many Jews and refugees. In 1944, he was named papal nuncio, and it was in this capacity he helped force the retirement of bishops who had collaborated with the Nazis. In 1953, he was named cardinal and six years later elected pope, choosing the name John because that was the name of the church where he was baptized. His encyclicals, Mother and Teacher, and Peace on Earth were among his hallmarks, and he expanded the College of Cardinals. Of course, he also opened the Second Vatican Council. On his deathbed, Pope John XXIII said, It is not that the gospel has changed. It is that we have begun to understand it better. He died on June 3, 1963, and was canonized in 2014. St. Pope John XXIII, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. This week we're talking with Doug Barry about how to build a good discipline in our lives. Maybe we've identified something we want to do. Yesterday we were talking about the why we want to do it. Now we're going to talk about how to actually get started. And Doug, I remember sharing with our listeners early in the year that I was going to do a 5K. I'm not a runner. I don't like to run. In fact, I, I detest running. I don't really like exercising outdoors given the chance, but I know that I need to do this to get into better health, so I'm going to do it. And I was talking with my doctor and he said, well, here's the thing, Adam, I don't want you to start running yet. I know you want to start running, but at your weight, if you start running, stress fractures are going to be a reality. Knee problems are going to be a reality. First, I want you to start getting your weight down and I want you to just walk 5K. And then once you get to the point that you can do 3.1 miles, 5K, then I want you to focus on increasing your speed because by then you're going to be losing weight. You're going to be able to do this, but no more than 10% a day. I want you to trim no more than 10% of your time off a day. And if you do that, by the end of the year, you're going to be running 5Ks like it's no big deal. We're not quite there yet, Doug, but we're getting there. And I think that's the point. Small steps. That, that's a key yeah. to building discipline. Yeah, it's very easy. You know, as we talked about yesterday, the why, what's the motivation? You can get fired up and you can find a good why. And then it's easy to jump in so full bore 
that you can get burned out or you can get injured or you can lose that zeal. It can dwindle. And the small steps, the incremental building is always just so such a much better way of approaching it like you just described. It's the same idea when it comes to just building a good discipline, a good habit. I tell people all the time, look, you're looking to win victories throughout the day and victories add up, spiritual and natural. Throughout the day, you wake up and you move through this world. Now, some people over-spiritualize these things, and I just want to caution people on that, that everything is inspiration from God to get up in the morning and walk across the floor. Okay, there's some truth to that, except we have to understand that God put us in a natural world. And one of my favorite stories is a time I was driving across the, to a presentation. I get to the presentation, long drive, had a terrible headache. And I may have even brought this up in past segments, but I get out of the car and I go to talk to the priest, you know, Father, excited to be here. I got a terrible headache. Do you have a special prayer or blessing for me? Maybe a healing, in fact, you know, half joking, half serious. He puts his head down, starts to think about it, closes his eyes and finally looks at me and he says, yes, God is telling me something. I said, you're, you're kidding. Really? I'm going to get a healing out of this. And he says, uh, yes, God is telling me that you need to take an aspirin. Okay. He says, God works through ordinary means, ordinary means. And ordinarily for us to develop a good habit, a good discipline means that we have to start in these small steps and build on them. That's naturally how we're made. So I say, get up in the morning and make your bed. That's a famous statement from a retired Navy SEAL admiral who said, just get up and make your bed in the morning. Cause at least by the end of the day, you come home and at least your bed was made. Well, there's a victory there. If I walk into my office and I do have a pile of papers and a pile of sticky notes, I have to pick sometimes the smallest one, the simplest task, and start with that. Get that one done. And from there, the discipline can develop. So it's a matter of actually, number one, establishing the why, as we talked about, knowing that there are good reasons for natural and spiritual disciplines to be built and developed. Number two, then start small with those little steps. Don't overwhelm yourself. If you know you need to discipline life when it comes to decluttering your house, start with one kitchen drawer, start with one closet. Don't overwhelm, start with one wall of the garage. Okay, start with one seat of your car, depending on how messy your car is, and just start there. You will find once you have that victory under your belt, that God gives you by you cooperating and doing this, you will be able to develop it from there. And then sticking to it is going to be something that you have to recognize. The discipline is far more important than the motivation. Motivation gets you started. Discipline gets it done. I love it. So for discipline in everyday, ordinary things, making the bed, unloading the dishwasher, putting the laundry in the hamper instead of on the floor, it's going to be easier for us to develop that discipline in the things that are important. Starting small. You know, Father Don Calloway once put it this way. If you're trying to pray the rosary every day and you just can't do it, start with the rosary on training wheels. Pray the chaplet of divine mercy every day. And I love the way he puts that, but he, he's so right. You know, start with something smaller and work up to it with that end goal in sight. So, Doug, this is going to be great continuing this conversation this week. Yeah, good to be with you, Adam. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast.
Here is a catequist question for you this morning. What do the initials JMJ stand for? You'll see these sometimes in churches or in writings or in letters. What does JMJ stand for? Well, that's an easy one. We know this. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the the names of the Holy Family. But what about IHS? This is another thing we see uh, throughout our faith in symbols everywhere. IHS. What does IHS stand for? Now, some would say that it is an abbreviation for Jesus or Jesus Hominum Salvator, and that is actually incorrect. That was a, a very common thing, or one has said, some have said it stands for I have suffered. But it actually goes back to Greek. Before Latin was the language of the church, Greek was the predominant language, and it's just a shortening and abbreviation for the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And originally it, um, you know, it, it started out with the IH and then the XP. We've seen that the X and the P together. It's called the Cairo. Um, and it's, again, just an abbreviation. Now, what's fascinating about these abbreviations is that the early Christians would use them as symbols on their doorposts or on their graves, denoting this is a believer. This is someone who follows the way. Um, that's later grown into our Catholic Church, founded by our Lord, of course, when he gave St. Peter the keys to the kingdom. Why do we bring this up today? Why this for our catechist question? Well, I mentioned at the beginning, you might notice on different letters that you receive from friends, or you might go to a church, you might read in the beginning of a book, the JMJ. And Archbishop Fulton Sheen, Venerable servant of God, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, once said this, as a custom which started in kindergarten, I always wrote JMJ at the top of the blackboard, as I do on every piece of paper before I write, and which I hope will someday be on my tombstone. In answer to many letters, the public finally, finally recognized me in the words, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. St. Therese of Lisieux did this as well. She added teeth to it, JMJT, for Teresa of Avila, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and St. Teresa of Avila. Why do that? Well, think about the things, the times you've had to write letters or emails or something, and you, you need to get a point across. And sometimes I'm a little bit of a keyboard warrior, less these days than I used to be, but I sit down and I just want to start typing fur- furiously. Can you believe you did this? And I can't believe you did that. And you need to know, and so on and so forth. But if we give that letter, if we give that correspondence immediately to our Lord in the care of the Holy Family, his blessed mother and his adopted father, St. Joseph, the very beginning of that letter, writing it through their intercession in prayer, giving it to our Lord, JMJ, perhaps it will change how we write that letter. We might still have that point we need to get across, but that charity that would have been lacking in that letter or email might suddenly find its place. You know, how can you do something in the name of our Lord, in the name of his mother, in the name of St. Joseph that is uncharitable, that is rude, that is derogatory? Well, you shouldn't. And I have a feeling if you're writing from that perspective, you're going to find it harder to do. So whether it's putting that IHS somewhere in your household to signify it's the home of a believer or starting a letter or email with JMJ, it's something you can consider doing in your everyday life. We're going to take a break here on on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, Father Jeffrey Kirby is going to be with us. Are you enjoying this episode of Roadmap to Heaven? 
Are you saying to yourself, I wish I could listen to this again? Well, good news, you can. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network to find this episode and more. And for even more great Catholic content, be sure to visit www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-CatholicRadio.org and click on the Programs tab for some great shows. And now back to Roadmap to Heaven. We're always happy to talk with Father Jeffrey Kirby, pastor of Our Lady of Grace in Indian Land, South Carolina. And Father, I know in this month of October, we're going to have a couple times we get together. And next week, we're going to be talking about keeping the hallow in Halloween. But before we can even talk about keeping the hallow there, let's talk about how it got there, that in a few weeks, we're going to be celebrating All Saints Day. And this is a big day because, you know, I think of it as like the Catholic All-Star Game. You might have the day that we honor this player or that player here in St. Louis. We just honored Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina, who retired at the end of really storied careers. We celebrated that before the postseason began. And yet, the Saints have their days throughout the year, but we take one day where we honor everyone. Why are the Saints so important for us? First, it's worth just reminding everyone that everyone in heaven is a saint. So oftentimes we think of the canonized saints, and those are the ones, of course, we have masses, uh, public masses for and, and their honor, and, and we have novenas and special prayers associated with them. So it, it's understandable that our focus oftentimes goes to the canonized saints, but, but everyone in heaven is a saint. So our loved ones, our dear friends, our mentors, our people who've helped us in our own Christian discipleship, everyone in heaven is a saint. And you know, oftentimes, if we're not careful, what happens is when someone dies, they're almost put in this kind of separate mode of existence beyond us and, and, and disconnected from us. And nothing could be further from the truth that we are as close to those who have gone before us as we are to one another, and even closer, actually, to those in heaven. So they're still a part of us. They're still part of God's family. They're, I like to refer to them as our older siblings. So we have these older brothers and sisters, the friends of God, that are still with us. In fact, you know, the letter of the Hebrews tells us that they stand on the sidelines and they cheer us on. They want us, they are the cloud of witnesses. And, and St. Paul later emphasizes that we run so as to win, that we can have the crown that they have received. So you can imagine, like, in our discipleship and our struggles and difficulties and, and so on, here are the saints that are on the sidelines, and, you know, they're saying, you can do it, keep going, you know, <laughs> it's like, we're with you, and so on, you know. And if I could share a story, a, a little while ago, I was, I was watching a game show, and it's a great decompressor, and, and I had to do something, and I, and I muted the show. And, um, and I never realized, Adam, that when you mute a game show, it is completely boring. <laughs> so the crowd really makes it, you know? And it struck me at that moment that that's like the saints, that if we mute the saints, our discipleship can get really boring because we're not supposed to be walking this alone. But when we unmute it and we hear the voices of our older brothers and sisters, and they're encouraging us, and different spiritualities, different nationalities, uh, different vocations, uh, stories that relate to ours, stories that are very different from our own, but yet they're all there, and they're just encouraging us because they want us to receive the crown that they have received. And so they're that crowd, that audience that, that's actively involved and in, again, rooting us and cheering us on. One of the things I try to keep in mind when praying, especially for the repose of the souls of deceased family members, and in particular, my maternal grandmother, and then, as I've shared with our listeners before, my wife and I lost a child during a pregnancy some years ago, and I have that hope that both that child and my maternal grandmother 
and all of my deceased relatives, but those two in particular are with our Lord in heaven. And because I'm not here to canonize any saints, I do pray for the repose of their souls in case they might be, you know, if my grandmother is in purgatory, I'd like to for her to get out of purgatory as soon as possible and into heaven. And so it's usually to pray for their souls that they may be through the grace of God in heaven. And then, and if you happen to be, because I don't know, <laughs> if you could pray for me, and I can only imagine that that child if he or she is before the fullness of God experiencing the beatific vision, that child would be praying for mom and dad here on earth. And same thing with my grandmother who loved me so much. And I spent so much of my early years at her house after school and with her every day that if she's in heaven, I have no doubt in my mind that she would be praying for me, but to go to her and ask for that. And that can be a very powerful thing in prayer. Yes, absolutely. And and I would encourage every believer to nourish that, because it's true. Like Our loved ones are still with us, so we pray for them in case they're still in purgation, but we also, we pray to them. We can, of course, say, you know, if you have arrived, if you are with the Lord, then we can begin to pray to them. And however we are praying either for or to uh, our loved ones, just to realize that they're still connected to us. I, I think that we have allowed death to become this stark reality that it is actually not, that somehow, again, someone dies and you know, it's as if they're just completely gone or something. And no, as, as believers, we know that death has no power over us. So, you know, sometimes pastorally, when people are grieving and, and a large event happens and they say, well, I wish that our loved, my loved one who has died could be here, right? Now, at the pastoral moments when they're ready to hear it, I'd like to remind them, they are, right? You know, as St. Paul says, we do not grieve as the unbeliever. Our loved ones are present with us, right? So, we cannot begin to think somehow they are not existent now, and so they are not at this wedding or at this anniversary or at this birthday celebration. No, they are. In fact, if they were sick or suffering before their death, they are more present to us than they were when they were still on this earth. And so this is the faith that we have to nurture and the consolation that comes with the faith and, and the realization that this is what Jesus Christ won for us, that death has no power over us anymore. And, and I really encourage Christians to, to reclaim that and to nurture that, and a large part of that is talking with or on behalf of our loved ones who've gone before us. really brings to light that Yogi Berra phrase that everyone likes to joke about. If you don't go to your friends' funerals, they won't come to yours. In the eyes of the world, yeah, that's foolishness, but in the eyes of the Church, that is actually spot on. Go to your friends' funerals, because God willing, if they're saints, they're, they're going to be interceding for you at yours. Father, I want to talk for a moment about patron saints, and this is actually the homework I want to give our listeners today, is to go out and find out who some of their patron saints are if they don't know. When I was getting married, a good friend of ours told Beth and I, if you want to have a good marriage, you have to surround yourself with people who have great marriages. Just like if you want to be a good electrician, you have to work with great electricians. If you want to be a good musician, you have to play music with great musicians. And so I think no matter what our listeners do in life, They have patron saints, plural, not just one. You know, we think of doctors and St. Luke, the physician. And what does the best doctor in the world do? Well, not only is the best doctor a really good doctor, but they're also going to become a saint. I mean, that's the ultimate end goal. So how do we begin to research, you know, who our patron saints are and why is that important maybe to go to them every day, whether it's as a doctor or as a lawyer or as a broadcaster or fill in the blank of a, a priest? We think of the great Curie of ours. 
How do we approach them in prayer every day, asking for their specific intercession in our lives? Yes, yes. And Adam, I'm, I'm just very much enjoying this conversation because these are so important in terms of enriching our discipleship and realizing, you know, we, because we live in Western culture, we tend to approach things very autonomously, that we are somehow on our own, we're, we have to walk this, we have to do this. And, and again, biblical faith is all about family, it's all about community, and so you know, we're walking with the Lord. We, we are surrounded by brothers and sisters, and as you indicated, it's identifying who these brothers and sisters are that are closer to us. The spiritual wisdom say they pick us, we don't pick them. And so, for example, our profession, we can find out who are the patron saints of our profession, our vocation, who are the great married saints of the Church, or priestly saints, or saints who are single, and so on. And then, of course, particular sufferings that might be undergone right now. So, say, for example, parent a child, the parent has a child who's left faith, like, who's the patron saint for that? And so it's finding these saints, and of course it's just checking some internet resources. It's actually pretty easy to find who the patron saints are of things. And and then to your question, Adam, is then nurturing that, allowing them to really be a cloud of witnesses, to, to be a cloud, to be over us, to be with us, uh, giving us the witness to following the Lord. And, and what's great about finding these saints is they did and lived what we're doing and what we're living. So they are the closest ones. Because so, it's easy to look at a saint who maybe was a hermit in North Africa and say, well, you know, of course he was holy or she was holy. I mean, you know, like, you know, so, so different. They didn't have to pay bills. They didn't have to worry about car maintenance or for married people with children and so on. But when you find a saint that has the same vocation or the same profession, well, there's very little wiggle room to dismiss, you know, their holiness and the challenge that comes with it. So by having these saints, it kind of raises the bar a little bit. And it gives us some great coaches and older siblings and friends to help us accomplish the task of holiness. I don't think you or I are going to go spend 20 years on top of a column in the desert fasting and praying as we become saints. But as St. Therese would remind us, we can become saints no matter where we are or what we do in life. And I think I've been reading this book by Venerable Servant of God, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and there's two quotes from it I'd like to share as we wrap up here, Father, because I think they're beautiful in talking about the intercession of the saints. In her story of a soul, St. Therese wrote, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to rest. I'm going to work. And she's talking about interceding for souls, that they might have that conversion and go to heaven. And so Venerable Servant of God, Fulton Sheen, says, Put her to work. Don't let her rest. And what a great reminder for us. Go to our patron saints. And so as we get ready for All Saints Day, I want to echo what Father just said. Research who are your patron saints and go to them in prayer each and every day and strive for sainthood. And I don't know about you, Father, but I'll take sainthood any way it comes. If it's canonized St. Adam Wright, fine. If I'm in companions, fine. If I'm not canonized but I'm in heaven, I have a feeling at that point I won't care whether I was canonized or not. (laughs) Amen. Amen, Uh, Adam. Well, I've enjoyed this conversation as usual, Father, but it's time to wrap up. Could I ask you to lead us in a prayer? Absolutely. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have created a family, and you have brought us into being in order to share your glory. You have blessed us with older brothers and sisters who are here to help us and guide us. We ask that you open our hearts to receive their counsel, their friendship, and may you continue to give us the strength needed to follow you faithfully and one day share eternally with you and all of our siblings. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And when I God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Kirby, thanks for being with us once again today. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. 
This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier is bringing us encouragements for those who are struggling in their marriages. Patty, what will we talk about today? Well, this is, of course, a serious topic. And for those who are hurting and aching, I just want you to know that my heart aches for you and I'm praying for you. And I hope all of us are praying this week just as a special time to pray for those who are struggling in their marriage. Here's an image that I just want to share for anyone out there who is having marital difficulties. I think of the Blessed Mother at the Wedding Feast of Cana. Of course, anytime I'm praying the mysteries of the Wedding Feast of Cana, the luminous mysteries, I think of those who are in marriage, who are struggling. And the wine had run out. The wine represents God's divine life and love within us. And you may be thinking that the wine in your marriage has run out. But the Blessed Mother interceded on behalf of the host, and she asked Jesus to do something. And what did he do? He restored the wine in super abundance. So you may be feeling that, the again, that the wine has run out in your marriage, that you're on empty And today I want to just encourage you to ask Our Lady to intercede on your behalf and to ask Jesus, come right out and say it, restore the wine. The remedy is always, always, always going to be more divine life within us, more Jesus, less of us to confront any problems that we face. But if you are facing problems in your marriage, maybe you can just say this over and over today. Restore the wine, Jesus. Restore the wine. And do not give up hope that Our Lady is interceding for you and that our Lord wants to restore that wine. It may take a lot of hard work. It may take counseling. It may take a lot of help and intercessor and a lot of things in your life, confronting addictions, whatever it may be. But know that the Lord does want to restore the wine. If this were a visual media for the Daily Dose of Encouragement this entire time, you would just see me nodding my head up and down because, Patty, I could not agree more with what you are saying today. And I want to thank you for today's encouragement. We want you. Uh, we want to let you know about an event coming up on Saturday, October twenty second, from ten a.m. to three p.m. at St. Francis Xavier in Taos. Uh, Donna Corey Gibson will be giving a Ladies' Day of Reflection, keeping a merry spirit throughout a Martha Day. For more information, you can uh, email r e l e d at sfx.taos.com. That's R-E-L-E-D at S-F-X dot T-A-O-S dot com. So that is coming up. Um, If you have something coming up in your parish or in your area, you're part of the listening area, be sure to drop us a line here at the station. We'd be happy to share it if we are able. And, uh, you know, I, I get a few of these every now and then, and I always enjoy finding out what's going on out there. Sadly, I can't make it to all these things, um, but I try to go to what I can and I've been to some really great events out there, which is a good reminder for all of us. I think, you know, don't limit your faith just to what you get in church on Sunday and what you hear here on Catholic Radio. But if you've got a good speaker coming to a nearby parish or a good chance to do an online course or something like that or a Bible study or a book study, um, take advantage of it. Perhaps you might need to be the one arranging it with your friends. There are lots of great study programs out there that you can get through your local Catholic bookstore. Um, you just have to do some homework on that, find out what is out there and what is available and what aligns with your interests. I've read some great books. And, you know, it's fascinating to me that our oldest, who is in junior high, 
he loves reading nonfiction. And so every time we read about the miracles of the rosary or the Eucharistic miracles, it inspires him to go look up more information online. And he wants to dive into that research. And maybe we can get a group of him and his buddies together to talk about such things. That could be a great thing as well. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. I think I'm actually going to do it. i got to start looking for a St. Joseph statue to put out in my front garden with my statue of the Blessed Mother. And that way, when the kids say, Dad, why don't we have any Halloween cost- or decorations out in the yard? I'm going to say, listen, we've got fall, we've got pumpkins, we've got leaves, and we've got the terror of demons and the Blessed Mother whose foot crushed the head of the serpent. That's, uh, that's the decoration we need. That's the decoration we want. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Have a blessed day. And as the Blessed Mother would say, because she said it at Fatima, pray your rosary today.